Delco. What is Delco? Urban Dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through. Never has been, or don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to 1 ratio when it comes to bars to libraries. And it's cool to be a 26-year-old bar back. You're just waiting for your bill's big break. Delco people love being from Delco. I don't know if there's anything special from Delco, except being a Delco guy, I kind of like it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back here for the second installment of Delco Baseball Now. I am your host, Brendan Ricciardi, sitting here in my lovely Westchester home. Once again, I apologize. I am not currently in Delco, but it is a beautiful day out here. We got a great episode coming for you. We got an interview coming up a little bit later with Joe Martin. He is the assistant baseball coach at the Haverford School, and I actually used to play junior and senior legion with him back in his younger days uh, for another Providence. So it was a really good time getting to catch up with him. Always liked talking baseball with him. And always enjoyed playing with him. All right, so to start off a little bit, um, just because it's the current season, we're going to talk a little bit about some Delco League going on starting to get to the point where teams are starting to bring in new guys, starting to fill out their rosters, really see what's been working for them, what's not working for them. So let's get into it. So while I don't have a like set schedule for how long I want to do the show or how often I want to do it, I pretty much am just going to line it up by the interviews when I'm able to get the guests, when I'm able to have good conversations and kind of line that up. So I'll basically just talk about the Delco League games that kind of happen in between the shows until I kind of get you know more of a set schedule. So we had a couple games that were supposed to be on Monday, but as happens a lot during the summer here, Mother Nature had other ideas. So we'll start off with our games on Tuesday and you know, when I was sitting in the dugout, because um, I work for Wayne currently, so I wasn't able to watch this other game, but I, I hear from Coach Feely that Springfield and Upper Darby played 10 innings, and we're sitting there in the bottom of the fifth in our game at Bonner, and it's almost dark at this point, to the point where you can't even really see the ball very well. So we're sitting here wondering, how the hell did this game go 10 innings? Well, we find out it's a one nothing game where both starting pitchers only allowed one hit through the first five innings. So that, that's one way to be able to get it. So we'll start off with Springfield, who ended up winning this game one nothing. They had David Schumacher, who came in from Penn. I'm assuming he was brought here by Cole Palace or Sean Phelan. And he threw six innings, one hit, no runs, just a dominant performance. Uh, he's a left-handed sidearm pitcher. So as a lefty batter myself, it's obviously not something that you're very comfortable with uh, in the box. And going over to the other side, we have Henry Dawes, Villanova club baseball player. He's a guy that really mixes it up well. His slider is probably used at the percentage that most people's fastballs are used. So it's something where he just has such good command of it where he can throw for a strike if he wants to or if he can bury it if he wants to. And he can just kind of forces a lot of ground balls. And with that upper Darby defense, Matt Query at short, Steve Tyson second, Max Anastasio at third, and Summerall at first. Like it's a team where we lived and died by the ground ball double plays last year. And it really worked out for us. And it's, it's something where they thrive on having these ground ball pitchers that are able to 
you know, get out of these jams when, when the strikeouts aren't there. So that game ended up going 10 innings and eventually had the walk-off single from former Penn first baseman Sean Phelan to get Springfield's third win of the year over Upper Darby. Now that's big because going back to last season for Upper Darby, that was a sweep over Springfield in the semifinals in three games. So you know that that Springfield dugout is not happy with that. That was a very good Springfield team that had some bad luck with running out of pitching by the end of the playoffs last year. So they are ready to come back and, and claim what they believe is theirs. So this is their third win over Upper Darby. They are currently sitting in second place at 9-5 and five with Upper Darby right behind them at 6-5. and five. That'll kind of even out when the games start to pick up a little more. Springfield's already played 14 games. Some teams are sitting there with only 10, even less than that for Marple Newtown with 9. So right now, Springfield in a good spot. They're off until after the July 4th break is done. But that's a really, really good team that's starting to kind of gel together and pick up wins against good teams there. So that's a pitcher's duel. Then we had Schumacher as well as a new guy that was recently added on to the team. That is... That is Ryan Wooten from Garnet Valley. And the Springfield roster starting to look pretty good. I move on to another game here. We had a tie between Chester and Marple Newtown. And, you know, it's something where you kind of laugh when you think about, like, the idea of being very content with a tie. But when you're a team like Marple Newtown that was 0-8 going into the game, you'll kind of take what you can get. And it's it's a start. It's, it's a start that they were able to avoid the loss and they're able to play a team like Chester and find a result. You know, it, it's, a, it's a league where the standings go by points. It's not necessarily win percentage or anything like that. So it looks a little weird during the season when people haven't played the same amount of games, but it's a start for Marple Newtown. They're a team that did not make the playoffs last season. They're the only team that didn't make the playoffs as the league takes six out of seven teams to go, but it's, it's a start in the right direction. You know, they're only about a third of the way through the season and they had a early five, nothing lead in this game. And Chester came back to tie it with five in the bottom of the fourth. So obviously they're not going to be excited about that because they had, you know, the chance to to be able to bring one home, but it's it's a step in the right direction. So Chester has their second tie of the year. They are now 4-8 and 2, which is a very odd number to look at with Marple at 0-8 and 1. All right, third game on the slate for Tuesday night, we had Wayne taking on Narberth, and that was a great game. Two very very good starting pitchers in that game we had for the visiting Wayne team. That was Cam Mathis, just recently graduated from Villanova, taking on Michael Anderson, who's getting ready to start his college baseball career. He just was on the Bonner High School team that made it all the way to the state semifinals. He'll be going to the University of Rhode Island next year, and it was an absolute clinic put on by the pitchers for the first few innings. You know, it was it was funny that on the first pitch of the game from Mathis, Lackawanna center fielder Christian Rush uh, sent one out of the yard to left field, but that was the only earned run. That Mathis was would let up during the game, and then you go to Michael Anderson. Well, he had ten strikeouts in less than five innings of work, and had two earned runs charged to him. But it was it was a very good pitching performance. Both guys were really bringing the juice with the fastball, to say the least. We didn't have a, a radar gun out for that, to my knowledge, for either team. But I could see both guys hitting somewhere over ninety in, in this game. It's it's a really good uh, matchup to watch at that point, and especially. For a team like Narberth that I talked about on the last show, that I wasn't really sure like what their whole identity, like what kind of team they were, 
But yesterday, it it kind of it kind of woke me up a little bit to them because it's a very young team. It's a team where you know you look in our dugout. If, if I didn't mention, I think I mentioned the last episode. I'm currently on Wayne's roster. I have a shattered ankle, so I will not be playing this summer. But I just run their Twitter, run their website, social media, all that kind of stuff for them currently. So I'm in the dugout for all the games, usually setting up streams and and game changers. So I only really get to see unless I'm able to make it out to another game. I only really get to see when people play Wayne. So in that game, what I saw from Narberth was it was a very young team that had like the kind of energy that you would see from a high school or college team. And what I mean by that is, you know, you look in the Wayne dugout, it's not that people don't want to be there. It's not that people aren't excited for other people's success is you don't really hear, you know, like the loud cheering, like the, not like chirping, but you know what I'm saying? Like kind of like just stuff where it's like you're showing the passion. You know, there's a lot of older guys on Wayne, people that have won a lot of championships, people that have been here in this league for a long time where it's more of just like a quiet success. You know, you get your fist bumps, you get your, you know, your your private, you know, conversations with guys in the dugout, but it's not really as much like yelling, you know, trying to make noise, trying to bring the energy. And when you look around that Narberth team and you got a lot of these guys who are just getting done with high school baseball and early college baseball, it's great. It's great for the league. It's great for the league to have these types of guys that, you know, obviously it's not that the Wayne guys don't want to be there. It's just that these guys are are kind of showing their youth, which I think is good. I think it's good for the league. And this game was close all the way. It was 2-0 Narberth going into the top of the fourth. Excuse me. It was 2-0 Narberth going into the top of the fifth when Anderson got up in the upper 90s in his pitch count. So they went to the bullpen there, and that's when Wayne kind of took advantage. Worked some walks, had some timely hits, some seeing-eye singles. And it was a game where... Both teams had uh, five hits for Wayne and six for Narberth, respectively. Pretty clean game overall defensively. Narberth played error-free baseball. Wayne only had two. But, yeah, the, the, the bullpen for Narberth just had a little bit of trouble with command, and that was kind of the, the thing that really hurt them. But for Mathis, he went four innings, struck out five. Joe Peluso got the save. He got two innings. Actually, yeah, Joe Peluso got the save. He went two shutout innings with three strikeouts. So Wayne won their 11th straight game to start the season. Now, this is a team that's won a Delco League record 17 championships since they joined in 1986, five ahead of Tinicum Air Conditioning, which, unless they make a surprise return to the league for the first time in decades, is, is probably a record that's that's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. But that wraps things up for the Delco League action from Tuesday for uh, something that I, I plan on kind of just, you know, keeping up to date, just basically updating the games that have happened since the last episode that I did just to try and keep things in more of a linear way. But interviews, it just, it kind of goes off of these guys' schedules. You know, some of the guys I'm talking to playing Division One baseball during the year, they're playing, you know, in very good summer leagues where they're all over the place and I don't want to try and get in the way of that. So that's kind of just how it's going to go. All right. Well, with that Delco League recap coming up, I think it's time we get into the first interview that we have on the show. Let's welcome Joe Martin. All right, we are now joined for the first interview on the show by Joe Martin, currently serves as the assistant baseball coach at the Haverford School, also was a longtime Legion coach for Nether Providence. Joe, welcome to the show. How are we doing today? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Uh, how are you doing? I mean, everything you're doing right now, is, it's awesome with uh, being able to really get these guys out there from the from Delaware County. I mean, we know playing in it, coaching it, how the talent is, and 
for a guy to really kind of get to really get names out there, show people that the town here is just, you know, it's, it's huge and it's immense and we have all these great players and for you to kind of spotlight this, I think it's really cool what you're doing. So, you know, kudos to you and keep it going, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's one of those things when I wrote about it in the article, you know, with the intro thing, it's kind of like, I got this broken ankle that I'm pretty much only leaving the house to go to work in the Delco league and go to the gym. And I find myself kind of just checking in on how all these guys are doing anyway. And I figured there's probably a lot of people that are similarly doing that. So to kind of have it all in one place is, is pretty much my goal here. Yeah, man, you're doing a great job. And like I said, seeing some of our guys on there, other guys we've you know, I've coached against and just, you know, I try to keep tabs on obviously all our guys, but when you get to kind of coach against a lot of these guys too, you, you try to check up on them and see how they're doing, and, you know, and you're doing a great job of it. So, I mean, just keep doing it. Appreciate it. Thanks. So first thing I, I wanted to start off here was first by congratulating you on taking home the state championship with the Haverford school this year. You guys won two to one over the, I, I would say, I guess, put it this way, the favorite Malvern prep. Uh, so that's got to feel good, doesn't it? um brother i don't think good is the way to describe it it was just an amazing feeling um right that game was it was tense man i mean we were, we were down um one nothing and you know it's the fourth inning and we're, we're actually getting a perfect game against us there from uh from from their starter mikey gordon and you know our leo peter connor scaling kind of works a walk really good at bat and um we actually had bases loaded eventually with like one out and Charlie O'Shell's in the game of Virginia commit and um, just been a stud all year for them. And we have a squeeze play down and Connor leaves so early because he's Charlie's in the lineup that we missed the squeeze on. It's a curveball in the dirt and he ends up being safe. Right. So he basically steals home for the first one to tie it. And then later in that inning, you know, we two outs, two strikes. Uh, we get a big two out knock from Jake LaRock and then Jack Campbell just absolutely cruised and did a hell of a job on the mound for us. And yeah, I mean, Taking that there against obviously being the underdog and obviously against Malvern, it's huge. And it was just a confidence booster, I think, going into the next season for our guys. So it was it was a great game. And, you know, credit to our guys for just playing their butts off really for, for that whole playoff run. So you guys went into that tournament as the seven seed out of 12 with a three and seven interact record. So how do you think you guys were able to kind of put all the pieces together at the right time and kind of get that confidence within yourself that you can do it? Yeah. So, I mean, going into the season, I mean, I think we always have high expectations for our group and we're never like, Hey, like this season might be rebuilding your net or whatever, but that's just not how we, we kind of think it at a, at a program. So going into the season, I mean, we graduate, I think seven or eight seniors last year. So a lot of guys were coming in. So there's a learning curve to everything. Right. And we also had a few injuries before the season to, uh, to Ryan gets who started for right field last year's Aiden Welsh tours, um, uh, his UCL Tommy John before the season started, he was, you know, our three last year, our Saturday guy and, and, a, and a senior then, one game in, our um, our number one, our, our ace, Ryan Reed, goes down with an injury for the whole season, too. So, I mean, we had all these young guys have to kind of really step up. And, and there's a learning curve, right? But you go through all these ups and downs throughout the season, and these young guys are getting the chance to finally play in this league that I, I personally feel is one of, if not the best league in the whole entire state. I mean, up and down. There's only six teams, right? But every team has guys going Division One, Division Two, Division Three, getting drafted. I mean, you're facing – this high, high level competition. And for guys that have never played that or guys who didn't really get the at-bats until their senior year or junior year, like now they have to really step up. And, you know, we had this run, you know, we played Episcopal at our field a Friday and they're, they win the game, right? They 
can clinch a share for the interact title. And that was, I think our second or third to last interact game. And right now, like I said, we're three and five in the interact or whatever it's three and six and, or one and six. And um, we just lost them 11 innings two weeks before. And it was a tough game. We, um, we were winning and then we had an inning where kind of, we blew up and we ended up losing in, in 11 there. So going into that game, we kind of felt like we could play with them a little bit and um, we're ending up, it's like the sixth inning and we're down. And we haven't had a game all year. We've really come back and, and won it. Right. So we ended up taking the lead in the bottom of the sixth and we ended up winning the game and Colby McNeely put us on his back that game and, and pitched his butt off for us. And that was a game I felt like kind of turned our season around. We kind of gained confidence in that, like, Hey, we can win these close games. We can do these things. And if we can just keep it close and just get the big hit, we need it, get the big play, try to cut down the mistakes in the field. Like we can compete with anyone because most of our games we lost to interact. They were games that we were all in and we lost by a run or two just because of one inning where our immaturity showed. Right. So we get a huge win there. And then Tuesday we go that Tuesday, Tuesday, we go to Penn charter in a game that we had to kind of resume from the beginning of the season. It's like the fourth inning and we're down again in the late innings. And we come back again to win that game. Another place that we've had a lot of struggles with and a team that we've struggled with the last three years. And we win there. And now we're on a two-game win streak. And then we go in the playoffs. We play Mercersburg first round. And we win 5 nothing. And then second round, we're like, all right, we're going back to EA. And, again, a team that, you know, our rival pretty much um, from a school standpoint. And we go there. And it's close. I think it's tied in, like, the fifth or the sixth. And we end up coming up with a couple big hits. And Ian White and Kev Ruby come in. And they do their job on the mound. And we win. And now we're in the semis against Penn Charter. We're down 3 nothing in the sixth, right? You get the trend here, 3 nothing. We scored two in the top of the sixth, two in the top of the seventh, and we win 4-3. And at that point, you know, we're going to the, we're going to the championship against Malvern, and we're so confident. And, you know, we just had all these little things come together at the right time and big hits at the right time and good pitching. And, like, you know, we, sh- we had parts of that the entire season, but we never could put it together for an entire game, it felt like. And then that confidence booster to do it against EA was just – you know, great for those kids and great for the mentality to kind of be like, we can do this. We got this. And, you know, the, the confidence just oozed from there and you ended up winning. And it was, it was awesome to see. It's awesome to be a part of. Yeah. I was, I was trying my best to follow along. Most of what I kind of did this spring was like kids that went to, you know, Delco high schools and how they were doing in college. So it was kind of hard to keep up with everything there, but how important when, when looking at your record, so, th- you know, three and seven in the Interac, obviously, but you guys had a lot of out-of-conference games. So, do you feel like those games kind of helped some of the younger guys, skip, like, stepping into new roles that they could have the chance to play without, like, quite the pressure and the expectation of those games that, like, you know, are dictating the playoff picture? I think when you can gain experience at any time, especially early on in the season, we play a lot of out-of-conference um, just because – you know, we're able to start earlier than, than obviously the PIAA teams. And then we had a chance to kind of go to Florida and then we come back and play more games. And then we don't really start league play until, you know, the middle part of our season, really. And we've probably played about 12 games leading up to interact play usually. So like getting that experience is huge, but like, there's nothing like, I think for those young guys to really play in those interact games uh, than playing out of league. I mean, just the competition, I think is different. The game feels just more intense at every moment. Like, and also playing at our field. Right. I mean, you know, any, any kind of blue home run can change a game. And, you know, I, I think just gaining that experience and playing in those games, um, it's a little different than the out-of-league out of games. But I think when the guys can get at-bats and kind of see pitching, it, it's going to help those young guys. But I think once they kind of start playing more and more of that interact schedule and the second time around, seeing that that type of pitching, uh, facing the type of hitters that we that they saw, um, it definitely helps. But it's just nothing like interact play, man. It, it's just so competitive up and down. 
Yeah, I've never really, you know, gotten the chance because when I was in high school, you know, obviously I'm playing, so it's not like I'm really getting the opportunity to go see other games. And when we're playing the Haverfords and Malverns, like, you know, you guys aren't throwing your best guys just because you got to save them for the conference games and stuff. I remember we played Haverford my senior year. But one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, my only experience playing with you has been the head coach. So I'm kind of curious, you know, when when you're with Haverford, because I know your style, you like to, you know, have a big impact on the game, whether it's pickoff plays, whether it's, you know, squeezes, anything. What kind of like role do you have with Haverford as the assistant coach? And like, what do you have control of? Yeah, so I'm currently like the hitting coach right now of the, of the team. So a lot of what we're doing day to day and practice when it comes to hitting in the game, talking to guys throughout at bats and, and talking about guys, what to expect the next pitch or what to expect the next bat or how this guy's kind of working through the games is kind of where I'm at with the, with the staff. Um, coach Castell, like he's amazing. He's just, you know, he lets me kind of run that type of offense and kind of, you know, figure out what we're going to do each day to day as it comes to an offensive standpoint. And he'll obviously have his, 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 um, it was input on a lot of things too, but you know, he really trusts what, what I do. And um, I'm very grateful that he does because most head coaches are kind of, we're going to do it this way and this is how it's going to be done. And he's very trustworthy. And um, so, yeah, I mean, we pretty much run the hitting and, uh, and I work with the outfielders as well. So, and I take a lot, we take a lot of pride in our outfield defense, which has been very, very good over the years since I've been there. And, it's, you know, we like to joke with our pitching coach, uh, Mike Plummer, that's the most competitive group uh, on the team. And he always obviously goes, ha, like, you know, the pitchers are the most competitive group. But um, so, yeah, this, those two main facets of the game. And, you know, it was between innings, myself, Coach Yusel, we'll talk about what we're trying to do as it comes to, you know, what we're trying to do on this next inning or if the guy comes up in a certain time or, like, trying to get a pinch hitter here, a pinch runner, those type of things too. So, um, kind of like a bench coach slash hitting coach. And then obviously, you know, whatever coach we still obviously needs from that point. So when we were talking earlier, you had said that you're not coaching summer ball this year. And so you coached Legion for had to be at least like six or seven years, right? Yeah. So I started, I think when I was 19, I was 19, uh, that summer or maybe 20, one of the time for that I coached Sandlot my first year. And then that second season was that junior legion season that we lost in the state championship with those guys. And then my third year, I guess I was, that was your team with Luke and uh, uh, you, Billy and, and Charlie and all those guys. So then did about three years of the junior legion. And then we went to seniors where I got to coach you again, and all those guys, which is what I wanted to do. I kind of wanted to coach you guys when you were young. And then as you grew up and you're seniors now in high school and college guys, I wanted to come back and be able to, to go on some runs with you guys too. So once that last run where you were actually coaching with me in that last run finally was, well, I was like, all right, you know what? I think, you know, I, I kind of want to get out. So I want to kind of move on to the next stage of coaching, but those were like really, really good years for me. Again, being a young head coach, you look back and you're like, I did some weird stuff, man. Like you look back at now because you're just so naive to, to it. And you, and you kind of just, you know, going balls to the wall most of the time. And, and it worked out, which is crazy to think about some plays, but, it was just a good learning experience of being around so many good people. I mean, Pete Atzevez, Kevin Yates, just to name a few, were just such good mentors. Mr. Anderson was a, a big part of that because obviously played for another when I was 15 and, um, and even in seniors for a little bit. But I just wanted to give back and being able to be part of that program was it was something special and it helped me learn a lot going along the way. Yeah, I'll never forget uh, when we were playing, if you remember this, when I was 15, we played Upper Darby in the Legion game and we won on a walk-off suicide squeeze and I was on second base and the second you called it, because I think Drew Robinson was batting 
and I was like, oh, he's going to get this down. This game is over. All I have to do is jog to third base. Like my, my job is done. And I think, you know, that's what I appreciated with you coaching is everything. We were always very fundamentally sound because you look around at some of the other teams, like, you know, we didn't have some of the, the big bats, like when we were playing the Cantwells and, you know, the Mathises of the world, we had to manufacture some of the wins. And then we went into that Mount Airy team with a 260 foot fence to right field and, and they tried to cheat their way past us and it didn't work. Yeah. Um, I think especially that age when you guys are 15 and 14, I think the fundamentals are huge because you're still obviously, you know, growing and learning the game of baseball when you get older. But like when when you're 15 and you're using wood bats, right, the ball is obviously not going to go as far. So, you know, funning, stealing, hitting, running, squeezing, right, all those things come into play more. And, you know, I think the focus on those little things will eventually be turning the big things. I think that's something I always preach. Even now we preach that at school still. So all those little facets, especially at that age, to get them all down and, and being fundamentally sound, you're going to win games, especially that age where guys make more mistakes than when you get older. So um, when you could catch teams off guard, especially that age, I thought it was just the way to win. And, and it helped us win a lot of games. I felt like. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of one of the things where I sound like an old guy when I say it, but like, I like, you know, when guys play Legion as opposed to travel ball. And I know we were kind of the end of that like era of, you know, people that are playing, I guess more like senior Legion, but I would say that, I don't know. I feel like, having going through like the whole season like with a team getting closer and learning how to win like that you know did you ever feel like when you were coaching travel at all that there were sometimes like people I guess I, I don't want to say it this harsh but kind of like more focused on their own successes than the teams or is it really not like that so you know when you're doing legion right your your goal is obviously to to win right there's no especially when you're 15 and even when you're seniors there's not really scouts like coming out to watch your guys recruiting right it's just there to, to win games and I think the showcase, what you're paying for is, is to get your name out there, right? It's to get recruits, to be seen. Um, I wouldn't say guys were trying to do their own thing. Cause again, at baseball, you're just, you're going up there to hit, you're going up there to pitch. It's not really more, it's not, I wouldn't say it's individualized, but like the atmosphere I would say is more, all right, like, Hey, we can, if we win, we win. That's great. Like we're always trying to win, but like, let's make sure that like our guys are paying this money to get seen, get recruited um, and get them to college. Cause that's what it's more about. And again, you see that so much more now today and I'm, I mean, I'm not really sure what Legion's like nowadays, but recruiting or um, travel baseball is, is incredible. It's so it's such a, a big business now for, for teams to go all these all these tournaments and make sure that all these players are getting seen. And, you know, I think there's good things about it. And I think there's, you know, obviously some negative things about it because, you know, it is becoming more and more like, you know, individualized to an extent of like, I'm just going to show up for this team. I'm going to play for another team this week and another team this week just to make sure that I'm getting seen, which is which is what you want to do, obviously, as a player. But when you're coming up and you're a young kid, like, man, go go play to go have fun and try and win, especially when you're, you know, 12, 11, 13, 14. Like, I mean, unless you're throwing high 80s, mid 80s at that point, like, you know, they're not coming to watch your games. Um, but when you get obviously older, I think it's so important, you know, to actually go and play for those, that, that type of uh, environment and teams. Yeah, you know, you go on Twitter sometimes, and you see like a oh, class of 2027 outfielder, you know, it's like these kids are like just finishing up middle school. And, you know, I get it. If you're one of those kids, it's like the upper echelon, you know, your goal and your realistic goal is to end up getting drafted or getting like a full, you know, ride scholarship. But I never really had much of that experience because, you know, I never really, I guess, hit my my stride until, you know, I was a senior in high school in terms of physically and just, you know, kind of putting it all together mechanically and stuff where, you know, I didn't even think I was playing college baseball until I had that 
good senior year and started to, you know, make myself into someone that can do that. But, you know, I, I understand for some of these guys like Billy that, you know, were, were looking to get their college commitment and they're at an age where it starts to make sense where you're at that age where you're starting to make commitments. But I don't regret playing Legion for one day. Yeah. So again, obviously, you know, I think we said when you get to a certain age, I think it's important to go to those things because that is how you, I mean, eventually it's how you get seen like college coaches are going to showcases. They're looking for, you know, your certain metrics, your certain numbers, your big tournaments down in Lake Point, Florida, all those big tournaments. And I think they're great. And I make sure that all our guys are doing those tournaments because again, that's where they're going to get seen. Cause again, I always say like during our season, it's tough because colleges it's their season too. Right. And they might have an off day here and here to come out. That's a lot of local schools have a chance to do that. The, the school's not in this area that you might be able to get seen. Like they're, they're not going to fly out. They're not going to make 10 hour, 11 hour drives unless like you're a legit dude. And we've had some guys where we've seen some colleges come out and see our guys, but the majority of time, man, like you're going to get seen in the summer and with those travel teams and at those showcases. So I think it is, I think it is a great tool. And, um, you know, you, you get to that certain age, 16, 17, 18 that that sophomore junior freshman range a little bit yeah, absolutely go go make sure that you're being seen and you're getting your name out there but when you're a young man go enjoy baseball right yeah and i think um what we're also seeing right now is a lot of youth coming in the delco league because we got um so obviously i'm working for wayne and we played against narberth last night and mike anderson from bonner was pitching for them and i just noticed that there was a lot of kids where just looking down the roster it's like senior in high school committed senior in high school committed like you know early early freshman, you know, sophomore in college. And it's like that league is getting really good again. Oh, dude. I mean, our sophomore shortstop plays for Springfield, Connor Scanlon. And I mean, he's, uh, he's also really good, but I mean, yeah, you see it's, it's, it's so young. And again, I think that's that senior Legion. Do you remember when you were playing senior Legion, it was all those guys who were seniors are committed. They were playing Legion for the most part. And, and now you see that the Delta league is kind of growing kudos to to you for that too i mean you're growing and getting the exposure out there that these young guys that are committed like all right where am i going to play this summer okay well i can stay local i can get my work in. i know it's a good league why wouldn't i do that and i can again be around my friends for your last summer too so i think i think it's really cool to see um because you're getting a real big mix now usually a lot of used to time just be you know these those old out of high school or i'm sorry out of college um older 30 40 year old guys and that's what it was kind of was when i was playing a little bit when i was coaching you when you were like 15 and when i was still playing and now it's the youth factor it's so cool to see i mean i, I actually love it and i got to go to a game a few weeks ago and see that and we have like four of our guys were on the team and you know they're senior sophomores and just from freshman in college even as a junior in there so it's cool i love seeing that stuff and it's even more fun when it's those guys playing against because obviously there still are you know the guys like when we won the championship for Upper Darby last year, who was the finals MVP? 48-year-old Johnny Gonzalez, who throws like nine different pitches. And no matter what, you never know what's coming with this dude. Yeah, dude. It's, I mean, just in the end, you, you, that guy umps our championship game, right? He umped our, our state championship game. And now he's going to throw against some of the kids that he was umping, right? I think, and again, you know, you're now playing against kids that you maybe coached, coached with, or played with. And you never thought you would, or even their younger brothers, like Colby's playing in it, and you played with DJ, right? And um, it's just so cool to see the age gaps, and you know, guys just love playing baseball is what it's really about. I mean, yeah, Johnny's forty eight, and he's still out there just pumping, and it's yeah, going kids who are eighteen, and in, they're good games, which is so cool. Yeah, it's always the funny connections. Like I was in the same grade as Colin Mahalan, and I'm on the team with Sean, who's like at least. 
probably four or five years older than him. And I know that uh, the youngest Mathis brother, Owen, is coming to Penn State next year. And he's trying out for my team. So it'd be something where I'm in Cam's grade and all of a sudden I'm going to, you know, if, if he were to make the team, potentially have have that there. And and I just, I started all this with the Delco League as like the number one. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it's just going to depend on the season. You know, when it's high school time, it's high school time. And, and college time, that's why it's something where, you know, it can kind of go throughout the whole whole summer if I wanted to. Yeah, man, again, because there's such a pool there. I mean, between the high schools, the colleges, and now the Delco, you can pretty much have your pool of guys and what they're doing. And I think it's something that you have a passion for. And I think, obviously, baseball, you love baseball. You love talking about baseball. And, you know, I think it's something with all these guys and that are around this area, there's just you're never going to not have something to say or have content to put out there because there's just so much good content that can be made from all these teams and players. And, you know, and then it just goes back to you just putting in all the work and doing a great job. Yeah, appreciate it. Just trying to grow. I still got, well, as of right now, I have one semester left of classes. Whether that's going to be in the fall or the spring will be a combination of money. And, you know, I, I don't think I will end up needing surgery on this, but if it's something where I go back to the doctor and they're like, yeah, it's like just not healing the way, you know, we want it to, I might have to. But, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where if I don't go back and play, like ending my school career, you know, watching the World Series from the dugout is just not, not really how I pictured my school career coming to an end. Nah, man, like you guys obviously have such a competitive program up there and there's a chance you could get back to the World Series next year. Again, like why not want to do that and experience that? Because again, like you got all that that way. And then, of course, you have this you know, this awful injury happen. You're just like, damn, man, like I, I like I think the competitive person in you is like, I want to get back and I want to go back and I want to prove that I can be a part of something. And hey, man, I, I would love to see you do that. I think it'd be great. And I think it's a way to good way to end like your your college career. Right. Yeah, you know, I always say like the end of my my baseball career, uh, obviously, you know, I'm going to try and play in the Delco League as long as I can until either A, you know, my, my body doesn't let me or B, I'm just not good enough. You know, it comes to a point where I'm just not going to play and kind of focus on covering it. But yeah, I mean, assuming something doesn't go catastrophically wrong, even if I did need surgery, I would not be out until March. But yeah, no, I just I, I feel like it's something that would eat me alive, you know, for the rest of my life if I don't try. Wrong. Right. Yeah. It's got a long time away, man. So just get yourself right and healed right. And then dude, get back into the swing of things. I mean, you could always hit man. And you know, once you pick it up, it's like riding a bike, a couple swings, you'll be back doing your thing. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of what I'm assuming is a pretty relaxing summer right now. Yeah. I mean, we'll go out and we'll go watch some games. We actually just watched a, a literally game the other night, you know, I mean, the, I guess the recruiting or just the watching never ends because, again, you're just – now you win one, you know, you just want to keep winning. So, again, you got to keep trying to find some kids to pool and hopefully uh, bring some kids into school here and, um, you know, again, just keep building something. Um, so, yeah, we'll get out to watch some games and, you know, enjoy the summer while we can because, again, long season, stressful season, um, up and down season, but obviously worth it at the end there. But, yeah. All right. Well, you ever make it out to a Wayne game? I'll be uh, I'll be limping around the dugout, and there's plenty of Haverford school guys in this league. You can probably find one of them on almost every team. Yeah, um, I'm definitely gonna try out and get some watch some games. And um, that Wayne Springfield, I think uh, it's gonna be a good one again. I saw Springfield's climbing for a lot. They have some good players, 
um, Harvard School guys, Penn guys that I actually know. And um, damn it, that'd be a, that'd be a really really cool one to get to. I'm actually gonna try and check it out. All right, hopefully we'll see you there. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, since I'm gonna be probably doing these episodes a little more frequently, I'm gonna probably try and keep them a little bit shorter for the most part, but definitely throughout the course of different episodes, I want to do talk about some of the high school season, talk about some of the college season, whether that's the local college teams or whether that's guys from this area that are playing college baseball elsewhere, which is a bit of a teaser into the next episode here. But for the next two guests we're going to have, I'll, uh, I'll keep, it, keep it a secret now just to keep the anticipation, but it is two current Delco baseball players that are playing in Division One baseball outside of Pennsylvania. So looking forward to getting to talk to those guys. But I guess for that, I will leave it here. Appreciate everyone taking the time to listen, and I hope you enjoyed this first interview. we got plenty more coming.